Andy Lally joining us here in the Freak Nation in his 20th Rolex 24 multi-time winner. And here's a crazy stat, Andy. I'm sure you know this. Right now, you are the most winning active driver in IMSA right now. That's bonkers, Lally. Uh, well, uh, so I'll, I'll amend that. I, I'm the winningest active Daytona 24-hour winner. Ah! The driver is actually Oberlin. Uh, he's he's uh, he's really uh, uh, rolled up a bunch of wins there. But uh, I think I'm like uh, I'm like as far as active drivers, I'm probably fourth or fifth. Maybe Ollie retired now. So uh, anyway, yeah. So it, it, that's that's for the Daytona 24. Uh, I'm, I'm third on the all-time list and first on the uh, as, as far as active drivers for uh, winning the 24. But yeah, all-time, I've got a little ways to go. Bill's got a good jump on me there. Well, yeah, but Bill's not with us today. Andy Lally is. Yeah, as far as we Exactly. <laughs> and you know what Andy Lally's on? He's on general tires right now, sitting in his truck. I'm on 35-inch grabbers. <laughs> I heard your intro with the commercial there. I didn't know they were sponsoring you guys, but uh, that's a good company. And uh uh, I, I've been using their tires for years. That a boy. Andy yeah. Lally, sports car veteran, joining us here in the Freak Nation. I've tried to count them up. How many times have you won the Rolex, and in how many classes? I have won. Uh, good, good second question there. I've won the Rolex. Five, I've won the twenty-four hours of Daytona five times. Technically. Four classes, but they just used to change the GT <laughs> GT out for something different. So I, I've won the first year. I won it in a prototype, and since then it's been uh, GT flavored cars: GT, GTD, GT three. I can't remember all the names, but yeah, <laughs> something along the way. So who has all of your Rolex watches from these wins? I mean, before we get to the more technical questions, I want to get to what really matters. <laughs> so there's 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 been eight Rolexes because they when it was the Rolex Grand Am series they used to give out a watch for the championship and so I I, I was fortunate to get three cha- three championships in that time that it was sponsored by Rolex so uh, I've kept the very first one from 2001 uh, and then the others have gone to uh, people that have helped me out along the way so uh, my mom my dad my stepdad. My little sister, uh, my very first race car sponsor, uh, and then my soccer coach that introduced me to that sponsor when I was uh, just a kid. And then um, the the 50th annual one when we won, when I won my first race with Magnus Racing, uh, that was the 50th annual Rolex 24. And uh, that one went to uh, Mike Johnson, who Magnus Racing has teamed up with this year uh, to run Magnus with Archangel with our brand new Acura NSX GT3. Okay, that's that's pretty badass. I mean, you could have seriously <laughs> said, I've got them all in a closet somewhere. I'll eventually get them out and, and bronze them or I, I don't know, whatever the heck. But that's really <laughs> cool to recognize people who have helped you throughout your career and not just motorsports, just who've helped you in your life. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I mean, I, what are you going to do with all of them? You know, you can only wear one at a time. So yeah. if, if uh, you know, it's a cool way to thank people that have really uh, sacrificed a lot for me, especially early on. So then who's going to get this year's watch? You know, I mean, it's, it's a different year. You just mentioned it's a new car, but my gosh, you guys have some pretty damn good talent behind the wheel. Yes, the whole process going through starting with the roar is going to be a little bit different. But let's assume, let's assume things are going to go well. Who gets this year's watch? 
Uh, it's it's definitely earmarked. It's it's uh, someone I've been wanting to give one to for a while. I never say who it's going to be. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, but th- yeah, it's been something that's been thought about for a while. Someone uh, very deserving of it. Andy Lally, you're the winningest actor driver at the Daytona 24. But everything is different this year. The roar is different. The qualifying is different. How are you going to get another Rolex if everything leading up to the race has a different face on it? Honestly, we're just we're going to, we're taking it all in stride. I mean, the difference is uh, for those out there that haven't read up on all the changes for 2021 are that the the roar is now butted right up against the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. Normally, we have a week or two week break in between, uh, but now this year we're going to test uh, the roar. Will be on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the guys have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to prep the car and get it all ready. So obviously we don't want to give them any more work. Uh, they've had, they've had a rough off season as it is. Uh, and uh, you know, with, with 2020 going longer than it ever goes. And now, uh, 2021, uh, where we've, we've got a new car in, we've got new crew members, we've got a whole new deal. And, uh, uh, so we we want to make this as as mellow of a week as possible for them, and uh, we're we're not going to treat the qualifying races like a do or die situation. It's it's one tenth of the points of a regular race, so it's not like huge deal in that regard. And we'll just be uh, treating it like any other roar. Andy Lally, we used to have the roar very early in January, like maybe the first weekend. Now it's happening the week before the race. Everything is jammed into about a week and a half. You going to like it this year? I'll let you know February 1st, the day after. Um, I, I think, I, to be honest, I'd rather see a little bit more time. I'd rather the series be able to see, uh, ha- have their time to... Uh, you know, properly really go over the cars. They're going to be cramming right now to try to get rid of the people that are sandbagging. It's it's going to be near impossible to go over the data, which is probably why they did this qualifying race in the first place. But um, yeah, I'd like to see a little more downtime. I'd like to see teams kind of take what they've learned at the roar. And if they want to make any changes or anything major that they have a little time, I, I understand that uh, may be a unique thing because of, uh, uh, the end of last season being pushed over a month longer than it normally goes. So uh, I don't know. We'll see if it works and it's smooth, then yeah, maybe, maybe it's a, an easier way to get an extra uh, week or two in the, in the off season for the teams and then make it just one trip down to Daytona with a few days off uh, in between. So it, it could work. Andy Lally, you've had huge success in a Porsche at the Daytona 24, but you're in an Acura this year, and you've got a new co-driver, Mario Farnbacher. He brings a huge amount of experience. How do you prepare for all of that? So I am very excited about the Acura NSX. Uh, I was on board with the car for its very first year in 2017. Uh, we got its first pole, its first wins, uh, and, and it was a it was a very successful program. So. Uh, we had stayed in touch all these years. And, and when this opportunity came up, uh, it, it made sense. John had been considering the Acura for uh, quite some time on and off. And it was uh, the, the, the stars aligned for, for 2021. And, and I am looking forward to it. Having uh, Spencer Pompelli on board with us for the uh, NAEC races and then having Mario, of course, last year's champion uh, on board. I've been friends with Mario and Spence for a long time. So 
uh, having the four of us in the lineup uh, is definitely confidence inspiring and looking forward to it for sure. Andy Lally having that Daytona 24 at the beginning of the year puts a lot of pressure on right away, but you haven't been able to talk to a lot of people that you're going to be racing with because of this pandemic that shut down so much communication. I live like a 500 yards away from Pompelli. So I, I see him and his kids all the time. We go to the skate park and stuff. Uh, Mario and I have been chatting on WhatsApp and uh, through emails and whatnot, and just kind of going over some of the basics. Um, both Mario and uh, both Farnbacher and Potter are, are, are tall. And this is not a lengthy cockpit. Uh, Spence is having some issues too. I'm, I'm just your average height. I'm 5'10". And I am just getting in the car. Uh, the, the taller guys are having uh, a handful of ergonomic issues getting getting sorted. So huh. we uh, we had quite a seat making process, but hopefully uh, once we get on track, we'll, we'll be all sorted out and uh, ready to roll. You know, that's true, Andy. Think about this. Andy Lally, sports car veteran joining us here in the Freak Nation, getting set for the Daytona 24. Do you cramp up due to your seat not being specifically fit for you, meaning when you've got to make all these adjustments to the seat, does your butt cramp up or do your thighs cramp up because of the, uh, the, the seat of itself and you haven't spent that much time in it going into the day 2024? Hey man, when, when I used to run cars back in the day in this thing, we would, I would like roll up newspaper with duct tape, but now we've got really good <laughs> uh, professional seat makers here. We run uh, speed seat does our stuff and, and it's, uh, they make it as comfortable as you could possibly imagine uh, to be in there. So it's, uh, it, it's, you can definitely get what they call hot spots where if you've made the seat and you, you had, you were kind of holding yourself up one way or the other, <laughs> Uh, it could be uh, a little bit on the tricky side, uh, but for the most part, you're, it, it is a compromise when you have four guys in one car, for sure, uh, as, as you have to adapt each seat. But we make these inserts that we kind of throw in and out during the driver change. We have to do it in you know about a second or so, but uh, uh, it's definitely helpful to kind of prop up, whether it's lumbar or something on the ribs or behind the shoulders. Um, uh, definitely helps for if you're doing a double or triple stint. Where I'm coming from in... As a daily driver, we're driving a, our daily driver for six years. Then we get a new car. It takes about two or three weeks for my body to get accustomed to that seat. <laughs> you got to throw your ass in there, like boom, with no pra- with very little practice at all. That's why I was curious if it just if it's just kind of strange hopping into your newly made seat. Yeah, well, my seat is literally molded right to my butt, so it's <laughs> uh, it's a pretty process. Uh, if uh, I'm sure you could probably uh, YouTube it and check out a video of how, how we make these seats. Just Google uh, speed seats or uh, beaded seats or poured seats, and, and checking out the process is actually pretty cool. And the way these guys uh, pour the seat around us, watch it sort of uh, inflate and blow up around us, and then the way they carve it out and smooth it out, and then they, they cover it with a Nomex liner so that uh, uh, it's as safe as it can be for us. It, it, it's a... It, we're spoiled compared to decades past where uh, guys ran a lot less comfortable and a lot less safe. So just for people who are unaware, you were just talking about with the driver change there, you are changing in your, your custom fit poured seat in the middle of the driver change, right? All four of you have different seats. 
Yeah, so the seat awesome. is now mandated, and this is a good thing that it's it's bolted down in place. And so we take our biggest guy, John Potter, six two, uh, and so he pours a seat, and then I'll get in, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, there's definitely room on my lumbar behind my shoulders, and then we'll pour another seat on top of that. So you layer the seats uh, differently. So John's ends up being the base seat, and then I throw in something. Nothing goes under me but something goes behind me. So it goes right down to kind of almost the base of my spine and then up behind my shoulders. And that kind of lets me sit up a little bit so that our eyes are at about the same level uh, and that our arms are around the same spot on the steering wheel. So, uh, and, and every teammate does that. And so, yes, during the driver change, if, if John is getting in, then I'll just, as I'm getting out, I pull my seat insert out and he'll just jump in. Uh, if I'm getting in behind John, I'll have my seat insert in my hand. And as he comes out of the car, I slide that seat insert in, then grab the roll bar and uh, and slide my legs in and, and jump into place. It really is cool. I mean, most years there are, there are pit crews that have cameras watching all these driver changes. But in my opinion, it is truly one of the most fascinating things in all of motorsports because everything happens so fast. It has to be so perfect. And yet, boom, there you guys are. You do it. Yeah, it, it's it, there's times where, you know, if you're just casually watching, you don't realize the 10 different things that are going on during that stop. And, you know, we've, our fuel takes about 40 seconds if we're completely empty, but you know, if we're end up, if we end up getting a yellow and we're only halfway through a stint and there's like a time requirement or something where someone's going to run overtime or under time, uh, there's oftentimes where we'll make a, a driver change and only need a half tank of fuel. And at that point you've got by the, from the time that car stops, like if it only needs a half a tank, only getting 20 seconds worth of fuel and we normally take about probably about 20 to 23 seconds or so on a really good stop to do that so that's from the time the car stops the driver unbuckles undoes his radio undoes the window net throws the buckles over to the side to not get clashed gets out of the car takes his seat insert with him the next driver slides their insert in slides in, buckles up, puts the helmet blower on, puts the window net, plugs the radio in and goes. All of that, I can say it, I can do it faster than I can say it. <laughs> and uh, so it's about 20 to 23 seconds ish is our, is our window. And it's definitely uh, um, something that we practice over and over and over again to make sure, because you, you beat somebody out of the pits for a, by, by a second or two seconds like that, that's gigantic amount of space and time on the racetrack. So what you're saying is uh, A.J. Foyt in 2021 could not get his ass in one of these sports cars. It might be a little difficult, but that dude is a badass, and I wouldn't yeah. put it past him. True. And he had a birthday, birthday yesterday. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm an A.J., so uh, I was a big A.J. Foyt fan growing up. I'll hop on the A.J. bandwagon. Hey, man, this has been awesome. Uh, hopefully you'll win that damn thing in your class and uh, join us that Sunday night. That sounds good. Would love to. Right. And uh, yeah, let's. Uh, we're we're going to be pushing for it. And uh, right. I, I will believe uh, the Magnus with Archangel crew has got something special for Daytona, and uh, it'll be cool for you guys to check that out once uh, once we debut it. Bam. Andy, as always, buddy. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Talk to you soon. Anybody following along? Uh, it's just Andy Lally Racing on, on Instagram or Andy Lally on Twitter. Appreciate it. See you, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.